Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. It's 105 in Edmonton. In the next half hour, you, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Heartland Ford, not your small-town dealership with a huge new state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. So we'll get to some texts. You can also reach us. We'll open up the phone lines on our River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. Weather's Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't buy your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. So... Calls, texts over the next half hour. One of the themes on today's show, biggest goals in Oilers history or your favorite goal in Oilers history. But we can talk about some other Oilers matters as well. We haven't opened up phone lines all week. Um, this was a memorable day as well. This day in Oilers history coming up. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, Ian Herbers, the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, a record recruiting class for uh, the team that lost 4-2 in the national championship final to UNB in a game in which uh, the player of the year in new sports hockey, uh, Luke Phillip, who would later go on and sign with the Calgary Flames, um, suffered a uh, high ankle sprain and was knocked out of the game 10 minutes in. Uh, Tyler Soy, who had been to a couple of other rookie camps, scored 46 goals one year, had over 90 points another year. Uh, he also was not available for the Bears. and uh, Bears have added lots of players since then. They're going to be loaded up for this year. We're going to open up the phone lines with former D-man Mark out of Edmonton. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm great, Bob. It's, gra- it's glad to have you back. I've been, I've been tr- waiting for this call for a while. Okay. <laughs> well, first I want to comment on, uh, on uh, Ken Holland. I think I think Ken Holland has done a fantastic job. Some people might question it, but I think he is uh he's leaving the Oilers room. He's not handcuffing us with uh contracts that we'll no doubt regret in 2 to 3 years. And uh from that standpoint, I mean he he's he's got more than a passing grade from this guy. Uh, you know, the Broussard thing, I, I don't know if he signed yet or not. I haven't been looking no, at the he, internet. No, he signed the Islanders announced yesterday a one-year deal. Uh, Edmonton was in on Broussard. I don't think they were prepared to go to quite the same. I, 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 I you know, I, I had a range or a number that I thought was there. And frankly, uh, I put a tweet out. George put it out a couple days ago on Broussard. And I just suggested just keep an eye on an Eastern Conference team because the guy's played his whole career in the East. Um you know, he, I think he would have been an okay fit. There would have been orders need a third line center. He needed to get things jump started. He chose the Islanders. That happens. The other thing with Lou Lamarillo is you don't screw with Lou. Either you're in or you're out, right? So um, I think a, you know the orders would have been happy to have gotten Broussard at say a million bucks. They didn't. I don't think Holland's done working yet. I just don't know how much more he can actually get accomplished to address the lineup, at least in the short term, Mark. 
Well, I mean, the thing with Broussard is that when it first came to light that he he was not going to be getting what he was asking for, right. either term or money. Uh, and this goes back, I don't know what it has been, three, four weeks in the, in that range. I thought, well, yeah, if you can get a guy like that for, I think I was thinking at the time around a million, million and a quarter, yeah. uh, somewhere around there. I thought, yeah, he'd be a great find. You'll never, I, I was thinking at the time, you'll never get him for that. There's no way that's you'll what get I, That's what I, I mean, look, today, the Minnesota Wild extended Joel Erickson Act two years at $1.5 million. Okay. And and here's what I see. Oh, he's what I see. nowhere like Derek Broussard is a far more accomplished player than Joel. Er- Broussard had a bad year last year. I'll be honest. Like on July, 4th, I remember talking to Reed about it. I was under the impression that Broussard was looking for three to three and a half million on a three year term, and he ended up doing one year at one point two five. And uh, I know on the twenty eighth, I put out the fact that on Twitter that you know, in my opinion, the Oilers' number one focus uh, needed to be a third line center. Didn't know when that was going to get resolved. Still don't know when that's going to be resolved, if it does get resolved. Um, and even on, Mark, even on the 1st, even on July 1st, fans were upset with, with, with the orders for being quiet. They were. And, uh, but... You know, those are the same fans, got to be honest, those are the same fans that are bitching two years later that they signed a guy for way too much money that isn't performing that want him out of the that want him bought out or whatever. I mean, you, you have to. I think that what most people have to realize here is, in order to be an effective GM, you have to have some degree of patience. And I, I know that Oilers fans do not want to hear that because I mean, <laughs> the playoff drought. You don't really have to say much more than that. But he hasn't hamstrung us with a crap contract, and, and that's the biggest thing with with. Uh, the Oilers right now is we can develop our people that we have here. We're going to continue to develop our people that we have here because we have space available for them. We have room. We have wiggle room. Let's just say for argument's sake that we're in the playoff hunt with our current roster. Mm-hmm. Well, we have room that we could potentially add somebody come the deadline. Yes. You sign some guy over Pam, that, that's not an option. And this is one of the things that he's done. I think what I think what the GMs are realizing right now is that your top six, uh, certainly your certainly your uh, your your top three centermen, and your your uh, your top two wingers or three wingers, if not all four, that's where all your forward money has to get spent. Same with the defense. Your top four defense are the ones that are going to suck up all the money. I think after the fact, after that, I think what a lot of people are going to start realizing or what a lot of the NHLers are going to realize is that there's just no money left. So the, the guys that are in that third and fourth role, third pairing defense, third and fourth uh, uh, um, line forwards, they're just not going to get paid. I mean, they're going to be. I think we're finally in that position where we're 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 starting to see a separation between the rich and the poor. I would say the middle tier had been overpaid in the NHL, and agents capitalized. I just want to read you a tweet because I'm going to just see. Okay, so on July 7th, uh, because people at that time were asking, you know, what about Maroon? What about remains unsigned? What about Zingle? What about uh, Broussard? And I said, uh, for what it's worth on these three forwards, in my opinion, Broussard would have the most impact and play third-line center and second-line wing, likely to rebound from tough offensive season. Weathers have limited cap space, maybe afford $2 million on a very short term. That was on July 7th. Well, something happened in the third week of July that took away some of that $2 bucks. You recall what that was? 
At the moment, no. Please inform me. James, James the additional, oh, yes, the James money they Neal, ate yeah. on Milan Lucic to do the James yeah. Neal trade, right? So that, not because I think they ate like 750k. So at, at the end of the like, I, I'm still stunned that Broussard ended up going where he was going uh, on a one-year deal, on a prove-it deal. But I knew there were, mul- like, he turned teams down three weeks ago. I know that for a fact. He had turned teams down on a one-year deal three weeks ago. Didn't get any traction. So, uh, so anyways, the bottom line here is you're you're really comfortable with Holland's body work so far. Absolutely. Any, you know, any it, concerns? No. None. I have I have zero concerns at the moment. If we if we can't get anything else done, so be it. So, We're not handcuffing ourselves. So and I think Paul that's Yarby, the biggest thing that we've done. If Paul, oh no no, this is my this is my second part of the call, Bob. Okay. And it's precisely on Puliyarvi. Puliyarvi does an interview and he had he had no uh leverage before he did the interview now he really has no leverage because he sat there and he's poisoned the well on himself anybody that was looking at him after an interview like that i would seriously question bringing a guy like that in to my hockey club it's 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 absolutely crazy. Somebody demanding that you know they're going to go and play in the NHL in a in a top two uh, um, forward grouping yeah. that, that that has had as little production and as little effectiveness as he has is absolutely crazy. So what would I do with Puliyarvi? Absolutely. If if somebody threw somebody at you that you know you had to say you know what this is a great deal for us. I'm going to take it. Nobody's going to be doing that. They're going to be throwing people so board you, anchors to you take think that the, guy. All right, let player. me ask you this. Are the fans going to be comfortable if he plays the season? I'm going to throw that out there right now. Texas at 6 I know we're doing the goals on today's show, favorite owner's goals. But do you think fans would be, if, if, if it ended up that he played in Ulu, like if he played all year in Finland, are fans comfortable with that? Okay, I'm going to throw a hypothetical right after I answer this question. Um, some fans know. Uh, any fan that's thinking uh, better be going that way because if they're not, what are they going to take? Are they going to take somebody's bum for potentially a guy that can't make a bad trade for that? Player. Absolutely, you cannot. You you you've you've spent we've spent too many high picks. Unfortunately, too many high picks on people that haven't panned out. We can't afford to make that same mistake. What I would do with Puliyarvi, I don't know if if Ken Holland and Oilers management have met with him personally talk to him. I'd fly to wherever he is as an Oilers manager. I'd meet with him, talk to him personally, explain the situation, see where his head is at at that point. If he is still hell-bent on not playing on your hockey club, this is what I would do with Puliyarvi. I'd make an example out of him. Because to be honest, at this point, I can't see us getting much, if anything, for him. If we can't get anything for him, you absolutely let him play in Europe. If he somehow... Um, manages to add value by playing over there and you're able to trade him at that point, fine. If he doesn't add any value at that point, I'd let him rot. All right. I, would n- I would never allow him to play in the NHL. Mark, uh, thanks for the call. i got to get on another calls here. Okay, thanks. Let's thanks, go to, Bob. You bet. 780... Oh, phone's sticking there. 780 Alex from Penticton. Alex, you got a favorite goal? I sure do, Bob. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. You know, it may not be uh, like a game clincher or something a lot of people think about, 
But when the Oilers finally beat Philadelphia in 87 in the seventh game, when Glenn Anderson scored that game to make it 3-1, he took a slap shot from, I think, just inside the blue line, yeah. raised his arm, and the goal went between Hextall's legs, and it was like a big relief after the debacle of 86 and going to seventh game. I mean, it was all Hextall. He won the con smite, and... And then that goal, and because also Glenn Anderson is one of my favorite all-time, the kamikaze kid, I can still see him flying in, off-balance, crashing in that. And, and I know he's one of your favorites, too. Sure. He was money. Yeah, he was money. He was money. And is he still top five all-time points or goals? In the, in the playoffs? Uh, in the we'd, playoffs? We'd have to check. He's definitely in the top ten. Alex, oh, thanks for, sure. thanks for the call. i got to get some more in here. We're going to go to Brad on line number three. Brad, sorry to keep you waiting that long. How are you doing? No problem. <clears throat> Great, thanks. Good. Uh, so my favorite goal is uh, Esatik in a 1991 Game 7 in Calgary. Uh-huh, yeah, you know what? I had not mentioned that one via text yet. That's it's... my favorite one. Anyway, I'm calling about the... Uh, the I, I think I would like it when you and Spec talk about stuff, if you would change the vocabulary around, you know, uh, top six or third line or fourth line. I think it would be more useful if we talked about, you know, like complementary players. Like Zach Cassian, sure, he's not a... You know, normal first line player, but he's a very good complimentary one. The same way you know, Ramo Suminen was for Tikkanen, or sorry, before Tikkanen with Gretzky and Curry. You know, a guy who can play with those two guys, and then the other skilled guys can make up other lines, right? So anyway, for the third line center, or I would prefer to call it a tough minute center. See, that's the thing that's majorly lacking, right? And in Ken Hitchcock in the postseason interview said, you know, the penalty kill killed us, faceoffs killed us. There is not a hard minute center on this team. So the question I have is why do you feel uh, Holland hasn't already signed Riley Sheehan? Would he not be available for close to league minimum? Um, well, and I'm getting defensive center. I, all right. Uh, I, and I'd have to do, you know, Riley Sheehan had a, one horrendous campaign in Detroit. An offensively horrendous campaign. Yes, yeah, so offense- 54% in the faceoff, and he plays like three minutes a game on the penalty kill. Is he left or right shot? Do you know, he's off- left. He's a left shot. Uh, you know what? I mean, I get. People well, are- he could play in the dry side, I wouldn't have to go in the penalty kill for one minute all year. Yeah. I mean, is he better than Colby Cave? Is. Yeah, you know what? Well, he's averaging thirty points and ten goals a season over his career. Brad, I'll have in in fairness, it's still a possibility with him. Like I, I could oh. see, you know, I, I well, why wouldn't it be? I mean, they just missed out on a guy. The pro, I, I think they saw Broussard as a third liner. I think they see Sheen as a fourth. And yeah, I think in a perfect in a perfect world, Brad, I think they're hoping to bring bring Haas in here to start and not have the pressure playing. You know what I mean? Not those third line minutes. But Bob, what were Haas's faceoff statistics in this? In the Swiss? No, I'm told he's really good on faceoffs. I'm told he was like 56, 57 percent. But that's not against NHL players. No, right? and he's in. And I'll, Brad, I'm going to say this right now, okay? Whereas with Nygaard, everybody that I talked to that's seen him play in Europe and how the Swedish league translates, I'm fairly confident Nygaard's going to be able to step in and play. I know guys that run teams in Switzerland. And they're not convinced that Haas can play. Okay, so I'm just concerned about this tough minute center. It's sure. a very important position, and I think Drysaddle's offense would go up if you could take away some of his defensive responsibilities. And just in terms of terminology, you're going to laugh at this because I just saw this tweet from Dustin Penner out of uh, out of uh, Northern California. San Francisco board rebrands convicted felon as justice-involved person. 
sanitizes other lingo. Uh, so I'm just saying, Bob. Um, I know. I know. Like Ken saying. Hitchcock used to say, but we don't care if we don't score a goal. You know, theoretically, you go to every game to a shootout, and you win half the games, you get 120 points, right? So you need a guy who can shut down the other team. And if Sheen can play 15 minutes a game, take away the other teams. But he's a good skater. He's young. He's big. I think you'd only have to play 12. Okay, right. whatever. Yeah, penalty right. kill and against you do the hard defenses on draws. Get Leon down to eighteen or nineteen minutes a night. Get Connor down a minute or two. Yeah, too. exactly. Right. Yeah. And so obviously you want a right shot one, but there isn't one. And Brian Boyle, he's going to be thirty-four. He's, he's not way slower than Sheehan. I, I think Brian Boyle ends up back in New Jersey. I'm going to tell you that right. right. So I well, other than Sheehan, can you think of someone out there that's still available? No, not at center. Well, I think he's a no-brainer. Oh, one last question, Bob. Is there any way to get rid of any of the players on the AHL team off the, off the NHL roster, like the 50-man list, like that uh, the guy who hurt his eye? Could the Oilers somehow trade no. him? Or, you no. know, no, you're that it that that, that uh, Ryan Mantha. Uh, yeah, I think you Should m- buy him out. Uh, no, because uh, it's the first of all his salary is covered under likely covered under insurance. I think it's 80% insurance, even at the A level uh, for those guys. Uh, I think he just counts. Sometimes you can do a mutual termination deal, but usually that's for guys that go back over to Europe. Right. I just mean to say, if you find a team who doesn't have as many... Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. You could could trade his rights. For a guy with an AHL-only contract, maybe who's making more money or something like that, just so the Oilers could get rid of the contract. Yeah. And off... You know, yeah, because they're at 48. Like she and there could be three more NHL players out there that are better, you know, better than what the Oilers have right now. Yeah, no, that's fair, Brad. Fair comment. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. 780-496-0063. Um, Hugh has texted the show to say the goal I like the best on our Heartland Ford text line was scored by Alex Hemsky against the Canucks that propelled the Oilers into the playoffs. It wasn't against the Canucks. It was against Detroit, wasn't it? Rod Phillips, as exuberant as he can be set on the goals, said, I cannot tell you how important this goal is. Well, there you go. Uh, another text comes in saying the goal Smitty set up the 06 run after getting his teeth knocked out from a pronger clearing the puck. Uh, you can text us at 630-630. Bob, I agree with uh, the caller who said Essa Tickenden's goal in 1991 to seal the series. The game after Theo uh, scored in overtime in Game 6 in Edmonton is my favorite Oilers goal of all time. Great underrated leader, Essa Tickenden. We'll take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Speaking of those podcasts, uh, in the month of uh, June and July, we were over 200,000 downloads uh, per month of uh, the Oilers Now podcast. Brendan does a great job of getting them up there each day. We're going to go to a quick call here uh, to wrap up this segment on a River Creek Resort Casino hotline. It is Brian. He wants to talk about his favorite Oilers goal. Go for it, Brian. Um. I, I love your soul. Great soul, you guys. Uh, I got two. Paul Henderson and Todd Marchant against Dallas, the seventh game against Andy Moog. What do you think about that? Thanks a lot. All right. Well, uh, I was in grade one at Robert Rundle in St. Albert watching that game. And uh, it was pretty big. It's a pretty big deal. And we weren't the most sensitive people to Russians back then. They were the bad guys. It was the Cold War, man. So it was a big deal. Um, Todd Marchant, 97. Yeah. Brennan, it's interesting, right? You have the the guys in their 50s grew up watching the Oilers in the 80s if they're from Edmonton. Uh, 
right? The guys in their uh, early 40s and late 30s grew up watching, uh, you know, the the owners of the 90s, you know, with Doug Waite and Jason Arnott and then Bill Guerin uh, coming over and playing Dallas in those playoff series. That was a big deal at 97 playoff series. And then guys in their 30s, it's it's the 2006 run. Kids in their teens and 20s, early 20s. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Got to get some more playoff games in here, boys. Off to a global news weather traffic update with uh, Kerry McCarthy, former Edmonton Oilers assistant uh, coach, former Oilers player, and a guy who's had a 890 winning percentage since returning to his alma mater at the University of Alberta. Ian Herbers up next in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.